All right, go to Romans chapter 12. We had a great time at our healing and miracle service last night. It was hot. It was hot in here, but I'll tell you what. We shook things up in the realm of the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12. I want to look at verses 1 through 2. It says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now jump down the row a little bit here to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to read uh, verses 3 through 5. Just lining things up, setting things up. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against According to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, or imaginations as the King James says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, say every thought, every thought. into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Today I want to continue to talk more about the importance of the thought life for the Christian. I I can't seem to get off of it. It doesn't matter what I talk about. I could get up here and preach on fire me and I'll still go to the thought life. Something, the thought life. Say thought life. The Bible has much to say about this topic. And with that being the case, I believe God is trying to tell his people something. It's important. This is a huge key to living a victorious Christian life. Because everything you and I have ever did, anything we are ever going to do and accomplish, it first begins right here in your thought life. As a man thinks, as a person thinks, so is he, the Bible says. It all begins upstairs. Say upstairs. Your whole destiny in this life comes down to your thought life. Now, the New Agers and other unbelievers have taken this spiritual law of the thought life. And they perverted it. They twisted it. They've taken God and his word out of the equation. And friends, that's when you will get into trouble and you will begin to open yourself up to demonic spirits in your life. Amen? We don't want that. Evil spirits, not good. Amen? Now, (laughs) I want to show you from the Word of God the tactics that Satan and evil spirits use in connection to the thought life of an individual. So today I have entitled this message, Exchanging the Truth for a Lie. Do you know some people have been exchanging the truth of God's word for a lie? And that's why I have entitled this message that. Did you know that the fall of man took place 
because of an uncontrolled thought life. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Let's go all the way to the book of beginnings, Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, this whole mess that Adam got us into was because him and the woman, Eve, they did not control their thought life. Genesis 3, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, says this, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, By the way, the reason it refers to Eve as the woman is because Eve didn't get the name Eve till after the fall. That's why it refers to her as the woman, okay? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, in the Garden of Eden, it was Satan that possessed that serpent. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor James? That was an animal. Well, but for your information, evil spirits can possess animals. What about in Mark chapter 5, where Jesus cast the demons out of a man and they went into the pig? And by the way, those pigs, what happened when the demons went in? They ran down into the water and committed suicide. Suicidal tendencies are demonic, by the way. Just a little side note, someone needed to hear that. But I want you to notice in Genesis 3 here that Satan took the very command that was given to Adam, that was given to Eve, the woman, and he took that command and he put a question mark on it when God intended it to have a period. Mm, 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 mm. Say revelation. When a question mark is added to a command or even a promise in the word of God, the purpose is to plant doubt in your mind. And you know the enemies behind that. Satan and evil spirits love to put doubt in your mind when it comes to the truth of God's word. The question is this though. Are you going to cast down that thought or imagination to the obedience of Christ or are you going to meditate on the lie? That's what it boils down to. In verse 5, Satan accuses God of lying lying to Adam. Did you catch that? As if God's motives for giving that command were not pure. And that God did not have the best interest in store for mankind when he gave it. Satan put a question mark on a command. Surely God has not said. Now you've got to take hold of this now. Any thoughts that come into your mind. That questions the commandments, promises, and the purity of God are straight from Satan and evil spirits. 
Like one minister once said, I love this saying. He said, if you're going to doubt anything when it comes to God, doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. Don't question God's word. God's word is true. God is not man that he should lie. So, now, now Eve's wheels here. Satan is talking to the woman, Eve. And her wheels are turning in her mind now. Satan's tactic was successful because Eve started to meditate. Really think about, could it be? Could it be that God is holding something back from us? Could it be that God's motives are not pure? Her wheels were turning. She she was thinking, just imagine, Adam, we could be like God. We could be God. And that, by the way, listen to me, that is what the people in, who hold on to New Age beliefs believe. That they're God. And it's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Now, Eve's wheels were turning here. And the slope just got a little more slippery. Look at verse 6. Genesis 3, 6. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Adam, what are you thinking? I want you to understand something here. That before this account with Satan, Adam and Eve, they probably walked by this tree every day in the Garden of Eden. Think about this. Every day they walked by this tree. And in the past, they had no desire to eat of it. No desire to sin until she meditated on the lie from Satan. Are you hearing me? Lust, lust was conceived or birthed in her thought life. She wanted that knowledge to be like God that Satan lied to her about. See, your thought life is so important to maintain that if you allow it to get out of control, you can actually exchange the truth for a lie and you will start to justify your sinful actions. This is the danger of deception. You convince yourself to believe the lie. That's the very heart of deception. That's the very meaning of it. Believing a lie. And when you come to that point, when you start to believe the lies, that is when your conscience can become seared, the Bible says. What is the conscience? The conscience is the voice of your spirit man. The voice of your born again spirit man. When you you step out and you do something wrong, you just feel it in here. Something don't feel right. You're convicted. Well, the Bible says that you can actually come to a place, yay, as a Christian, that you can become so hardened on the inside, so used to feeding the flesh and sinful desires. It's like drinking a cup of hot coffee or a hot chocolate. At first, if you're not used to it, it's real hot. Oh, man, oh, that, that really burns. It hurts. But you know what? You do it on a regular basis. 
After a while, you see people take a, a fresh cup, cup of coffee and they just gulp it right down. They, their face don't even. Uh. Are you hearing me? The same can happen in the spiritual sense. You can become so hardened spiritually in such a backslidden condition that you can't even discern between right and wrong anymore. You can't even discern between good and evil. Your spiritual senses become dull. And the word of God says in Isaiah 5.20, listen to this, woe to those that call evil good and good evil. There are people walking this earth right now calling themselves Christians that are taking hold of things that the word of God says are evil and they're calling it good. I'll talk more about that in a moment. Put your spiritual seatbelts on. So after Adam and Eve sinned, they ran, they hid from God. The God that they once walked side by side with in the Garden of Eden, they were now trying to avoid because of fear and shame. And it doesn't stop there. God asked Adam and Eve, what happened? Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. Come on, people. We need to take responsibility for our own actions in life. The devil didn't make you do it. Now, yes, Satan and evil spirits, they're, 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 they are tempting you. They will continue to tempt you until the day you go home to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? They will. That's not a bad confession. That's just the reality of the matter on this earth. But listen, the devil cannot force you to do anything. Amen. Someone might say, well, what about a person that's demon-possessed to the max, like the demoniac in Mark chapter 5? What about them? Wasn't he out of control? The answer no, he wasn't. Are you ready for this? Listen to this. You've got to understand this fact. When a person becomes so demonized to that, to that point, they are beating, beaten down so emotionally to the point that by their own free will, they give in and allow demonic spirits to operate them in through them freely. Their emotions are so beaten down have you ever met anyone like that? It just seems like they're totally out of control. That they're just like a puppet on strings by the enemy. No, they still can come out of it by their own free will. That's why, I'm telling you, a person's will has to be involved with this. They've got to cooperate. The individual basically gives up the fight and willingly becomes a puppet for evil spirits. Because even the demoniac wasn't beyond the free will because what does it say? It says he ran and worshiped Jesus. Hello? Even while he was naked by the tombs, barking like a dog, he was so demonized. When Jesus came, came around, it says he ran and worshiped Jesus. But listen, to even get to that point, i got to say this. I don't know why I'm saying this. Someone needs to hear this today. To get to that point of, of demonization, 
You can't even begin to comprehend how beaten down a person must be emotionally. Person who's been abused, person who's been raped, a person who's been. I'm telling you, you can't even begin to comprehend. So they give up the fight. But listen, switching gears now, this whole world system is evil. Can I get an amen? amen? It is. The whole world system. The Bible says that this worldly evil system, see, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but the world system. The Bible says that Satan is the God of this world system. And, but I want you to notice something. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, I believe, when it says that Satan's the God of this world, it's a small g. Amen? That's good to know. But when the fall of man took place in the Garden of Eden, it turned the world upside down. Follow me on this. There's a passage in Acts 17 where some Jewish individuals were upset because the disciples were preaching about Jesus Christ. They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these unbelievers, these rulers of that city, were upset with these Christians. And these, this ruler said this in Acts 17. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Now listen to me. i got to make this. I want to point something out to you. In the beginning, before the fall of man, the world was right side up. Come on, we got to change our thinking on this. Listen. It was the normal. It was God's original intent. Are you hearing me? It was normal. It represented the perfect will of God. The original intent of God. But after the fall of man, that's when it got turned upside down. Sin and the curse turned the world upside down. But this is the real point I want to make to you. Listen to this. An unbeliever now views the world system as normal. That's why this unbelieving Jew in Acts 17 said, all these Christians come, they're turning the world upside down, when really the Christians, when we're preaching the gospel, we're trying to bring it right side up. Are you hearing me? See, but the unbelievers so spiritually disoriented, they're, they're in such a funk, they think this evil world system is right side up. Did you follow that? Are you breathing this morning? Hallelujah. Now, let's go through to another passage here that's going to drive this point home. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. See, when we're advancing the kingdom of God, all we're doing is trying to put things right side up. Say right side up. And unfortunately, some Christians are just flowing with the upside down. Mm. Romans 1, 18 through 21 says this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. Thoughts, say thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. The Bible here in this passage, it's saying that all creation points to that there's a true and living God. That there is a creator. It confirms that he is the creator. Listen to me, atheist. You do not have a leg to stand on. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Verse 18 is basically saying that people's unrighteousness, listen, will lead them to suppress or hold down the truth and hold to false views about God. False teachings about the Bible because, they know, because of this. this. You don't want to know what it boils down to? Right here. Because they know that facing the truth would require them to repent and turn from their sin. And the fact of the matter is, the human sinful nature is this. I want to be God. That's, if we have to put it in a nutshell, that's what it is. I want to be my own God. See, entry Christianity, entry level, Christianity 101, means that you take up your cross daily and follow Jesus Christ. I know it's not a popular message, but I'm not here to be popular this morning. I'm here to preach the word of God. Amen? Amen. But for the most part, people like sin. And the Bible does say that there is pleasure in sin for a season. It'll catch up to you. So these individuals, they try to justify it in their mind by holding on to false teachings about God, false teachings about his word. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, we're in the last days, that there will be a great falling away from from, from the faith, from the truth. And listen to this. Well, yeah, I know, there's just a lot of evil going on, you know, a lot of occultists, a lot of, oh, oh, wait a minute now, hold on. To fall away from the truth means that you once had to be in the truth. Are you hearing me? How can you fall away from something that you're not in? See, these people begin to create And worship a God in their own mind instead of accepting the true God of the Bible. And that's called idolatry and pride. And it all stems from an out-of-control thought life. A thought life that is not focused on the written word of God. You know, we look back, you know, some of these things we... In the Old Testament, we, we look at when they made, Aaron, you know, they made a golden calf and you know, all these idols and they worship these statues and, and uh, uh, you know, it's not good to worship statues, by the way, if you're watching online, whoever's watching. But listen, we think, we think, man, I would never do that. I would never form something with clay and bow down to it. It seems pretty foolish, doesn't it? But you know what? We're doing the exact same thing when we try to make a God that suits ourselves. When we try to make a God that suits our own lifestyle of sin. 
well, you know, God will forgive me. Oh, you know, I mean, he'll just wink at it. You know, he knows my heart. No, your actions and words reveal your heart, Jesus said. Amen. Verse 21 says that these people became futile, futile, futile in their, in their thoughts. And listen to this. That word futile means this. Empty, vain, worthless, foolish, useless, and confused. Oh my. These people are confused who try to make up their own God. These Christians, or once Christians, who are part of the great falling away. These individuals are out of touch with reality. Out of touch with God's moral compass, the word of God. They failed to abide in Christ. I mean, have you ever heard these individuals talk uh, one of them is Carlton Pearson. How many of you know who he is? Carlton Pearson, he, he was a real popular minister down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He used to be on TBN all the time in the past. He preached the word, and then one day he, he, he just turned. He started to believe that, well, the Bible says that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, so therefore everyone's saved. You don't have to receive him, just everyone's going to heaven. Friend, that's a great falling away. And don't think that you can hold on to them views and go to heaven. You can't. Oh, yes, he preached the truth at one point. Somehow, someway, the devil got into his thought life. He meditated on the lie, and he's fallen away. I pray he comes back to the truth. The Bible does say, and this is not Pastor James, the Bible says that your name can be blotted out of the book of life. If it can be blotted out, it must have been in once. That's not a scare tactic. That's reality. That's the written word of God. The Bible says walk circumspectly on this earth. You know what that means? Cautiously. Walk cautiously. Walk cautiously as if you're among thorns. Friends, there's a lot of thorns on this earth that will try to prick us. But we need to walk cautiously on this earth. Are you hearing me? These individuals try to justify their sin, justify their false beliefs. Spiritually speaking, they can't put two sane thoughts together, they're disoriented. They have, come on, exchanged the truth for a lie. Now, doesn't that sound like some activity that Satan and evil spirits would love to get involved in? Look at Romans chapter 1, 22 now through 25. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. 
who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. These deceived people, they profess to be wise, but according to God, they are fools. They attempt, the word of God says, to change the glory of an incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man. Birds, four-footed animals and things. You see, it's evil. God is to get all the glory. All the glory. Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden that she could be like God. The sinful nature of man with the encouragement of Satan and evil spirits, always, come on, always wants to bring God down to man and man up to God by attempting to strip God of his glory. And that is the default fleshly sinful nature of man. People who try to strip God of his glory and worship and serve created things more than the creator have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Listen to me, maintaining a life of worship and thankfulness to God in your Christian life will be a safeguard for us as Christians and prevent us from going astray spiritually. Let me say it again, maintaining a life of worship and thankfulness to God will be a safeguard, say safeguard, for us as Christians and prevent us from going astray spiritually. Because why? What, what's the purpose? How can, it, how can it safeguard us? Because doing those things will help you to keep your mind, your thought life focused on God and his word. And will cause you to give him all the praise and all the glory. You notice that's, that's the whole thing that caused them to go astray. Not giving God all the glory. Worshiping the created, not the creator. And being unthankful. My question for you today is this. What are you worshiping in your life today? Money? Job? Possessions? Are you worshiping the created more than the creator? It's something we all need to ask ourselves. Romans chapter 1, 26 and 27. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now, just for the record, this should, this should be something that It's just a given. Homosexuality is a sin. It is an abomination against God. The Bible says it's shameful. It's against nature. It's unnatural. Hello. And I'm tired of hearing homosexuals that call themselves Christians and other so-called Churches justifying the sin of homosexuality. It's wrong. I'm just going to make a blanket statement right now. 
You are not a Christian. You are not an ambassador or a representative of Jesus Christ if you're into homosexuality and you embrace it. Don't even say that you know the Jesus of the Bible, the God of the Bible, and hold on and justify homosexuality. Shame on you. Shame on you, pastors. Shame on you who call evil good and good evil. It is right here, black and white, in the New Testament. Romans 1, 26 and 27. And it's also in the Old Testament. Leviticus 18, 22 and Leviticus 20, 13. How many times does God have to say it? Once is good enough for me. So stop justifying your sin and repent. And make Jesus Lord of your life. Right now, don't put it off. Look at verses 28 through 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which were not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, trustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Now listen to me. I want you to notice that the key to a person's spiritual downfall is found right there in verse 28. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Or you could also say they did not retain the knowledge of God in their thought life. The knowledge was there at one time because it said they did not like to retain it. Hello. You can't retain something that you didn't have before. But they did not keep that in the forefront of their mind. That's why Proverbs says, keep the word of God in front of your eyes always. They gave in to vain, futile, and confused thoughts that were against the word of God and against the knowledge of God's will, his word. And now they believe and they are convinced that the lie is the truth. This is such a dangerous position. I'm telling you right now, the day and hour which we live right now the Bible says if it were possible, the very elect could be deceived in these last days. Who would have thought a minister who is so on fire for Jesus turn on a dime like that? Don't think that none of that can, it can't happen to you guys. That's why we got to be diligent. We've got to be diligent and stick to the word of the living God. Verse 32 points out that not only those who do these evil deeds are deserving of death or judgment, come on, but those who approve of such things. Oh, come on now. So let me, let's bring it down to this. So listen, 
if you call yourself a Christian and you approve of homosexuality, or, come on, or if you even vote for a person who approves it, hello, the word, oh my, listen. The word of God says that you are just as guilty and worthy of judgment as, as if you did those very acts yourself. That's a pretty harsh word, isn't it? That goes, come on, with the topic of abortion also, by the way. I don't know. I don't know how. A Christian could vote for a person that is pro-abortion, pro-murder. Friend, I'm telling you, you will have to give an account to God one day for that vote that you casted. That's a vote for the devil. That's a vote for murder. That's a vote for the tearing down of the moral fabric of our society from the word of the living God. Some, some people say, well, you know, I don't agree with them on abortion. I don't agree with them on, on uh, you know, their views on uh, homosexuality and all that. I, I just voted them to them because of economic reasons. Well, that person just revealed what's truly in their heart de- then. Because they just lifted money above the word of God. While the unborn are being murdered. While the core values of society, society are being torn down to shreds. Are you hearing me? For economic reasons. Shame on you. The Bible says, I always vote in, the, in morality. In line with the word of God. Because the Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. You want the economy to turn? We got to get in line with the word. Economic reasons. Come on. Economic reasons, my foot. That is so evil. Willing to budge. Willing to sell God out for the economy? Hello. Any nation that holds on to things like this is bringing a curse on themselves. Anybody. Anybody that holds on to things like this, that are so contrary to the word, are bringing a curse on themselves. Economic reasons. It's no wonder why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. The love of money is the root of all evil. That love and worship that you give to money will cause you to forfeit and sell God out. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Don't think that God doesn't see that ballot going in that box. Don't think. I'm, I'm not telling you. I, I'm, not, I'm not even talking Republican, Democratic here. I'm talking about stay in line with the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 8. says this, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. 
Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now listen to this. Anytime you lift your opinion above the truth of God's word, that is called pride. Say pride. And the word of God says that if you hold pride, come on, as a Christian, this, is, this book here is not written to the unbeliever. This passage here is written to the Christian. And it says if you have pride in your heart, if you're exalting anything above the Lord, it says God will resist you. You're going to make things very tough for yourself in life. Are you hearing me? I'm not even talking about a salvation issue here. Amen? But God says that he will resist you. But listen, if you have pride, Satan and evil spirits will embrace you. If God says that if you have pride, I will resist you, well, guess what the opposite is? If you have pride, Satan and evil spirits, they're going to embrace you. Say, come on, we got you. But if you will humble yourself and stop trying to justify your sin, God will embrace you and the devil will flee from you. James 4, 7. Because when you submit to God, you're actively resisting the devil. See, a lot of people think you're just resisting him when you're given, devil, leave in Jesus' name. Well, that's part of it. That's included. But... No, when you're simply submitting to the word of God and you're living that holy lifestyle, you're actively resisting the devil. See, because there's Christians out there who have a lot of talk. Devil, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And they're hanging out in bars. Give me a break. No, we need to live a holy lifestyle. Now, I want to point something interesting out in this passage having to do with pride connected to your thought life. In verses 6 and 7, humbling yourself is in the context of casting all your cares to the Lord. Listen to this. Let me say it again. In verses 6 and 7, humbling yourself, biblically, is in the context of casting your cares upon the Lord. Therefore, the opposite of humility, pride, must be then to hold on to the cares, to hold on to worry, to hold on to fear, and to hold on to unbelief. You know, guys, what we have done, we've taken the words pride and humility, and we've taken the definition of what the world says about them. Well, you know, humility just means that I'm just a dirty old dirt bag, and I'm no good, I'm I'm scumbag. No. That's not it at all. Let's, let's bring things back down to the Bible here. Humbling yourself. You are humbling yourself when you cast your cares upon the Lord and you trust in him. You believe his promises. You believe the word of truth. But pride means that you're holding on to those cares yourself. You don't trust God. 
Let's face it, you either trust God or you don't, right? You can't have faith and unbelief together, right? You're either switched on to one or you're switched off to other. That's what the Bible calls double-mindedness. They're totally opposite. It's oil and water. Are you hearing me? Verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, be alert, be on guard. And that has to do with your thought life. Are you hearing me? Maintaining a pure thought life will prevent you from giving place to the devil in every area of your life. It all comes down to your thought life. What lies are you embracing in your life today? What sins are you trying to justify in your life, in your children's life, in your family member's life? I, I mean, I see it all the time if, you know, there's something where that maybe a, a son or a daughter or, or a family member's into, a sin, and this person just doesn't want to believe that their kid, their family member can do anything wrong. So therefore, they try to justify the sin. Have you ever seen that before? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I preaching to the choir? You know what I'm talking about. I've got several examples. Don't justify it. Stick with the word of God. Be bold to declare God's truth to others around you. The question is, who are you trying to please? God or man? It's time to throw out every lie and embrace the truth of God's word in your life today. We need to, as Christians, exchange every lie that we have ever held on to or are holding on to right now. Exchange that lie. Get rid of it. And take hold of the truth of God's word. And never, ever let go of the truth of God's word in your life. If you stand up with me here. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that every lie that any person in this place any individual watching by the way of the internet around the world listening on the radio and internet any lie that they're holding on to any deception that any person may be in I pray that you would give them revelation right now that you would help them get out of this pit of deception in Jesus name Satan I take authority over you I take authority over every demonic spirit that has been playing mind games in any individual in this place or watching right now. And I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus, body, soul, and spirit, right now, over every person, body, soul, and spirit. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And you're on the outside, you're looking in. You, you, you know you're lost. And you need Jesus Christ. If you've never made him Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. If you've never made him Lord of your life, you watching on the internet right now. Just say this and mean it with your whole heart. God, I am a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And he died on the cross for me. He shed his blood. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And I want to make him, Jesus, Lord of my life. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for saving me. Maybe there's someone in here you... Maybe you're one of them. You've fallen away from the truth. Or you just simply been a lazy Christian and you need to rededicate your life today. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come forward. And I just want to have the privilege of praying with you. You can do it right there, wherever you're watching online. Say, Father, forgive me for falling away from you. I recommit my life to Jesus Christ right now. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. I want you to come forward. That's not a Pentecostal experience. That's not a charismatic experience. That's not a word of faith experience. It's a Bible experience. If you've never received him, I want you to come forward. Those of you online, Jesus said that he would, that he would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Just say, Father, fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit and ask in faith. It's that simple. Just believe it with childlike faith. If you need healing, come forward today. Body, soul, and spirit, you need deliverance, come forward. Worship the Lord, the rest of you. I want you guys to stretch your hand toward that camera right now. Just turn around by faith with me. Stretch your hand, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Bruce right now. We're going to curse this cancer. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come against every cancer cell in Bruce's body. I command every cancer cell in your body, Bruce, to die and dissolve in Jesus' name right now. And I command new and healthy cells to be formed in your body for strength to come in your body, for your immune system to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your power and glory fall on him now in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, anybody watching by the way of the internet that has a sickness, disease, and infirmity, we loose your healing power right now through this camera. There's no distance in the spirit realm. So in the name of Jesus, I say, be healed. In the authority of the word of God, and in the name of Jesus, be healed. Every infirmity come out. Spirits of infirmity, go in Jesus' name. Loose those individuals in Jesus' mighty name. Now you start praising God and thank him for your healing.
worship the Lord right now. You in your home, just lift your hands to the Lord. You might say, I'm not used to that. I've never done it. God wants us to be open to Him. He wants us to be vulnerable to Him. And one way to do it is just symbolically lifting your hands to Him. Just showing, God, I'm just humbling myself. I'm humbling myself before you. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Jesus, there's none like you. None like you. You set us free. Set us free. Set every person free right now. In the name of Jesus. The prison door is open. The question is, are you going to get up and walk out? Jesus opened that prison door legally. But experientially, you got some part to do it. You got to do something. You got to walk out. You got to use the authority. You got to believe the promises of God. Just believe Him. That's it. With childlike faith. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. that you're going to live a long and healthy life. That you are going to see your children's children in the name of Jesus. Forget not all the benefits. The Lord who heals all your diseases. Heals all your diseases. Hallelujah. All. That's pretty inclusive. Oh, glory. Just worship the Lord with me. Just this one more song. This last song right now. Jesus. Jesus. One more. And just turn that up. Turn it up. Because Jesus has set us free. Yes, he has. He has set us free by his shed blood. Hallelujah.
give the Lord a hand today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Well, those, we're still online. All right. Those watching, by the way, of internet. August 10th, Sunday night, August 10th, I'm coming to Lansing, Michigan. Well, I'm going to be at the Holiday Inn South. Go to jamesbrandt.org for more information, location, phone numbers. Also, August 22nd, Friday, August 22nd, going to be in Imlay City. If you're watching from Imlay City, Flint area, Thumb area, be there at the Days Inn, August 22nd at 7 p.m. for a healing and miracle service. Cindy and Kent Cox are going to be there also. Awesome testimony about her healing from cancer. So thank you for tuning in today. God bless you. See you next week.